أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمم بالخير وبك نستعين رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمم بالخير وبك نستعين رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمم بالخير وبك نستعين so the topic of this short series of classes that we are going to have is tasawuf tasawuf is a branch of learning and a field of application of the deen, the locus of which is the heart, not the physical heart, which undoubtedly everybody in this room who at some point or another wanted to be a doctor knows to be uh, uh, two uh, uh, atria and two ventricles that pump blood through the body between the lungs and the other parts of uh, the anatomy. Rather, the heart is a spiritual organ as well. The heart that's spoken about is a spiritual organ. And it is the seat of intention inside a person. The word qalb in the Arabic language means literally for something to flip upside down. Uh, and the heart turns and seeks and desires different things uh, in every different instant and moment of a person's uh, cognition and uh, consciousness. And so you see the hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam, which undoubtedly you're familiar with and you have heard before many times in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam summarizes the deen as Islam, Iman and Ihsan. Islam, the locus of which is the application of the deen on the limbs and in actions. Uh, the word limb also has a different meaning in the uh, science of tasawwuf than it does anatomically. The limbs are all of those extensions of a person's physical being that, has an, that have an impact on that person's heart. So it includes the hands, it includes the feet, but it also includes things like a person's senses, their seeing, their hearing, their taste their uh, consumption, the stomach which consumes things, the private parts of a, a person which consumes different pleasures, all of these things, they have inroads toward the spiritual heart. Uh, and so the subject of Islam is a person's limbs. Uh, how are they supposed to uh, physically act in accordance to the deen? And the locus of, uh, of, of, of iman, uh, which is also known as aqidah, is the mind. The mind is also a spiritual organ. It is the spiritual seat of cognition. The brain and the mind are two different things. Animals have brains like human beings do. They're very similar. Certain animals have brains that are, in fact, more impressive than those of human beings. But their minds are qualitatively different. And uh, the mind is, again, a spiritual organ. The pers- a person can have a brain, but if the mind is not functioning then the brain has nothing to do. Um, and the seat of, of, of iman or of aqidah is the application of the deen on the mind. The 
signs of ihsan, which is described in the hadith of Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam, of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him, and if you can't see him, at least to know that he sees you. Um, the, the locus of it again is what? It's the heart. And there are many people who have turned the word tasawwuf into a curse word or a bad word or a synonym with bid'ah, and this uh, bears no, uh, this bears no uh, uh, sort of uh, reality in terms of the tradition of the Muslims. So you see people from the time of the aslaf, ta'ala, using the word tasawwuf in its positive sense. People like Imam Malik, the Imams of the, the, the this tradition, and even before them, it was a reality that wasn't named. The 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 mustalah, uh, the technical vocabulary of Islam lags after uh, after the things that it describes. Uh, so things like fiqh had a different meaning in the time of the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The entire terminology of hadith sciences, all of these come afterward. The realities come from before. Uh, um, and a, you know, a person can ask a question very rightfully. For example, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in His book, "Have you seen the person who turns their own vain desire into their own god?" Um, the the subject of this exhortation in the book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not. From the subject, the, the subject of this exhortation from the Book of Allah Taala is not fiqh, because there's nobody who says yes. Uh, my religion is for me to worship my vain desires, nor is it an aqidah that anybody ever took, but it's a reality that people have inside of their hearts, uh, and it has to be looked at from that point of view. Otherwise, again, legally and academically. Th- this issue is non-existent. There's nobody who legally or, 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 or theologically claims that, that, that taking one's own vain desires as a god is a good thing. But it happens all of the time. Uh, and the seed of the problem or the locus of the problem, again, it's not, it's not, uh, uh, it's not the mind or it's not the limbs, it's not the law. It is, uh, it is something else and it's something that sits inside of the heart. So the idea is the title that was given to this short course is uh, cultivation. What is cultivation? Cultivation is to prepare land in order to have crops planted uh, and have uh, a successful harvest. You cannot just plant seeds in any piece of land anywhere. The land has to be prepared. It has to be tilled. You have to see is this land appropriate uh, for this crop if you try growing mangoes in Alaska, it's not going to work uh, because that land is inappropriate for the type of crop that you're trying to you're trying to try to reap. So uh, this uh, uh, course, very specifically, uh, the the goal of it and the purpose of it is not necessarily to teach you about higher spiritual realities. Rather, it is that minimum syllabus that was charted out by the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in order for a person to be uh, sound in their uh, uh, sound in their heart uh, so that whatever spiritual realities they as an individual are suited to realize and whatever spiritual capacities they are suited to uh, uh, they are suited to uh, uh, have some sort of talent in that they can arise from uh, amidst all of the other spiritual sickness that would otherwise cripple or harm a person, uh, 
uh, in their spiritual health. And in that case, or in that situation, uh, sorry, in that scenario, this, if it was a college course, this would be like the Sawuf 98. It's like a remedial course in order for a person to get to the zero level. And uh, one of the things that, 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 that will be emphasized again and again in this course is that uh, Sufism, which unfortunately in many parts of the world, or Tasawwuf in many parts of the world, has become synonymous with telling stories about saintly people in the past, or uh, some sort of airy-fairy, pie-in-the-sky, Deepak Chopra translation of Rumi uh, uh, type stuff, somebody who doesn't uh, speak Persian or understand the... the, the the background through which that poetry was said, uh, or better yet, understands it and willfully distorts it. Uh, this is not going to be like that. Um, in fact, a person who is uninitiated and untrained uh, and hasn't put time into their own tarbiyah and their own uh, uh, well-being uh, is like that person who tries to put the pit of a mango into the soil of Alaska. It's not going to go anywhere. It's a complete waste. The only person you're fooling is yourself. And uh, uh, anyone who's actually tread the path of Tasawwuf knows that it's brutally, it's brutally practical uh, and it's something that requires uh, uh, opposing your own nafs at every turn. So if you find yourself in a, uh, uh, in a, in a majlis of Tasawwuf, which is all of the time upliftment, you know that this is not, this is not benefiting you at all. From time to time, yes, it's, it's important to have some sort of upliftment and it's important to have some sort of, uh, um, some sort of break from the otherwise soul-crushing tedium of rectifying yourself. But it's like dessert to, to a meal. If all you eat is the dessert all of the time, obviously you're not going to get healthy. Rather, like other things... In, the, in, in, in existence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constructed analogies between the physical world and between the spiritual world. If a person wishes to become strong, uh, they have to work out. If you want to be able to run a marathon, you're not going to be able to run you know, 26 miles your first time. You'll start with one, then you'll run one mile for weeks, and then you'll add one and a half, two, etc., uh, and Maybe you may never be able to run the whole 26 miles straight in one shot, but if you keep working on it, you'll get better and better. Uh, whereas, whereas if, you, uh, uh, if you're going to just show up and want to enjoy the benefits of spirituality without having put in any of the time, it doesn't work that way. And some of these things, you know, this is another thing that I want everybody to keep in mind. Some of the things we're going to describe in this dars are overwhelming. A person will balk and say, is that even possible, what you're saying? Uh, or if I tried doing that, it would rearrange my entire life. It would completely turn my entire life upside down. Uh, try to separate inside of your mind uh, a sound theoretical understanding from putting things into practice. Having a sound theoretical understanding of things, that's what ilm is. That's what knowledge is. And it in and of itself is an act of piety, even if you're never able to implement it. And this is unfortunately something that, that, that I feel is a, a disservice that certain people do, that we say that knowledge without practice is worthless. And it's not the case. Knowledge without practice is unfortunate. Why? Because it's like somebody went and purchased a car and then leaves it in the garage you know, for the whole rest of their life. That's fine. It's not worthless. though. There's still some benefit in it. There's still some benefit in it. 
Uh, why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself describes the knowledge and seeking knowledge of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they describe seeking the knowledge and gaining the knowledge itself as an act of piety. Uh, and oftentimes, the knowledge itself, when Yom Al-Qiyamah, when a person comes face to face with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they'll see that there's more reward for it than the actual action itself. Uh, there's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mu'mini khayru min amalihi, that the, the intentions of a believer are better, they have more value with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the actions themselves. And this is a very, a very important precept in tasawwuf. Why? Because your actions, you don't, you, know, you, you don't properly ascribe them to yourself anyway. Whereas your intentions are, are closer to who you are as a person uh, um, than your actions are. Because, for example, if I asked everybody here, you know, so you, do you know you have, like, whatever, 450, 470, 490,000 Burmese refugees in, in, you know, in camps in Bangladesh right now. Um, and it will take whatever, however million, three billion dollars to take care of them for the next whatever year. If you truly in your heart have the, the, the state that if I had the three billion dollars, I would have given it to them to alleviate their suffering. This is what Allah Ta'ala loves from the slave. Otherwise, whether you have the money or not, in many ways it's incidental to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And the reason that things like this don't happen is because we don't have those people who would have done it if they had the chance. Because inevitably somebody will have the money. That's a random chance. We, you know, from our point of view, it seems like random who's born into the money, who has a successful business, who is able to uh, prosecute those, those means in order to uh, do good by, by society. The shortcom is not in the money. The money exists. Right? The shortfall is in what? The shortfall is that we don't have enough hearts that actually have the, will, the, the desire and the love of spending it properly. Uh, and so the, the idea is with Islam, you may not and you probably won't be that multi-billionaire that's going to be able to solve all the problems of the world. But what Islam demands from every single one of you is that you be a person inside of your heart. If you had the means to do that, you would have done it. And if you only have $3 you know, to spend after your expenses are done, that you send that $3 as well. That person with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like the one who spent the $3 billion. Uh, and this is, why, uh, uh, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, describes the day of judgment. As yawma la yanfa'u malun wa la banuna illa man atallaha biqalbin salim. That the day of judgment is the day that a person is not benefited by money or by uh, uh, having a large family. The only one who benefits on that day is the one who comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a with a pure and a, a clean and a proper heart, uh, and that's what the, the, the point of this uh, that's what the point of this uh, uh, this course is. So don't balk and say, "Oh my God, that's so difficult." And this, it's very difficult. It's fine, but the thing is that things that are difficult they get done with the help of Allah Taala because there's nothing that's more difficult than uh, what Allah Taala is able to take care of. And if you know what it is that's that, that's asked from you by Allah Taala. You can at least make a niyyah inside your heart, say, Ya Allah, I don't even know how I'm going to fulfill all of these things, but you help me to fulfill them. And if you fall short on the way to fulfilling them, uh, Allah Ta'ala takes it upon Himself to fulfill your, your, your reward for that. And uh, uh, if you willfully uh, uh, stay ignorant of those things, or if you deny them existing, A, it's not going to make them go away. 
B, it's not going to help you at all. Uh, it's not going to help you at all. Uh, and uh, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of practicality when it comes to Tasawwuf. Uh, uh, and and we'll, we'll we'll talk to those things as as the durus go on, but I want everyone to listen with an open mind and with an open heart. And uh, one of the reasons this entire book is taught exclusively through the text of the Book of Allah Taala and the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is because people have these hang-ups and they think somewhere in the back of their mind this is some sort of bid'ah. When is he going to expose what he really is teaching and start dancing and biting the head off of a live chicken and charging people money for amulets and doing all this other nonsense, which unfortunately does exist culturally. It's something that happens in the Muslim world. Um, I, I want you to understand that you know, what's, here is what, what, you know, what's here is what you get and all the rest of the stuff is not what I'm bringing and, uh, 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 and it's not what I'm talking about, and uh, it's, in my opinion, uh, uh, not, not part of the Sof Aslan anyway. It's just, they're just cultural things that we have in our, in, our, in our civilization's history, some of which are beneficial, some of which are not, some of which the benefit of you may understand after having taken the course, some of which after taking the course you'll be like, yeah, that was completely bogus from the beginning to the end. Uh, uh, but that's not the asl of what the Sof is. The asl is what? It's a part of the deen just as much as hadith or tafsir or, or, uh, or fiqh is. So uh, uh, with that, inshallah, we'll begin.